Hey, Elena. Hi. People don't know we messed up the first intro. I know they don't know, but now they do. And the more you know, the more you know. We have a guest today, you guys, <laughs> and I had, to, I had to connect my phone and and the robot on the phone, I won't say her name, I don't know why. She thought we were talking to her, so it started to, she started to talk back during our intro. But, but we don't allow other people other than us to talk in our intro. Right, Elena? That's right. Welcome to So Taco. Two side hustles in a microphone. With So Bonita and Taco Gear. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of So Taco. Hola, bienvenidos. Is that the full translation? Yeah, well, what do you want me to say? I don't know. All right, so um, we're going to get right into it. Elena's got some stuff to talk about, but we have a guest today. So you're not going to hear us talk too much about ourselves for very long on this episode. We have Mike Hennenberger. Who wrote a pretty badass book. Yeah. There's a lot more to it than that. This dude's an Emmy Award winning producer. So yeah. South Texas. Stay guy. tuned for more of that. We'll give him yeah. a quick intro. He cool, before, he cool. Before we call him. Elena, what's going on? Big news you released today. Yeah, we just kicked off Loca for Local Curbside. We made the event page. We have We didn't kick it off. You just you announced No, it, right? we okay. oh, I mean well, yeah, we kicked okay. it off. Um to get ready for people to start um putting we're, we're putting bugs in people's ears you created an event page what's the details yes, of the event? yes 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 um we have an online market happening august 6th at 10 a.m and it ends on august 7th 10 p.m so you can virtually shop and then on august you shop 9th, online right that's, that's what i just said okay. yes virtually shop i said an online market okay, and then virtually ahead. shop so i'm not sure how that's confusing but on august 9th you can come and pick up curbside at hagemeyer's barbecue um 711 concrete street for those of you that live in corpus christi oh i didn't even i didn't even remember the address you, you well it's did. pretty easy cool 7-Eleven. um and that's it so it's like an online market slash curbside so why are you excited why are you excited about because this? it's the first of its kind all mm -hmm. the markets that we've done that we've seen here it's very virtual like you just buy and i guess the seller mails them to you or maybe you pick up from a certain place i don't know but we're gonna have a website dedicated to uh vendors 16 vendors come and shop with them um we are not shipping products this is not a shipping website there's absolutely no shipping being done so if you've bought your item you need to come expecting pick it up. shipping and you don't pick it up thank you for your donation exactly not really I'm but we make it very clear on everything on every step of the store like as clear as we can no shipping no shipping no shipping come pick it up i think this is really cool because like you were saying, not to knock any of the other things that have been going on since COVID, because everyone's trying to just make money the way they can. Yeah. Um, and the easiest thing to do, we we participated, you participated in some virtual markets where you're basically, um, you know, you already have an online store. Mm -hmm. So you and you and your share, you and other vendors are basically pointing your customers to each other. Go check them out. Check yeah. me out. Just go online and shop and go from site to site, and and that's been successful for for a lot of people, which is cool. This one. I feel like we really attempted to take the as much of the experience as we can uh, from an actual market where you are there visiting each vendor and brought it online where you can shop right from vendor to vendor online and then do one checkout process mm -hmm. and then come pick it up and we'll try and make the event you know you had mentioned kind of fun to pick yeah, up yeah and we um uh. Think of it like for those of you that live in Texas, like think of it or anywhere like with Walmart curbside or like 
H-E-B curbside. It's exactly what we're doing. Like you go on the, on their websites, you order and then you go pick up right between a certain time. And that's right. exactly what we're doing. Yeah. So it's a little bit beyond a virtual market. Um, even though it's an online market, if that makes any sense. Um, right. So Thursday, Thursday, August the 6th mm -hmm. at 10 a.m., the website's open. Yes. Go on there. Check out all the sales that the different vendors are having. Some of them are just making specific products for this, for market. this market. Yeah. And then they shop all day, then all night. Then the next day on the 7th, it ends at 10 p.m. Yes. Right. And then we have the vendors to get the vendors get everything ready on Saturday. Yes. And then Sunday from 11 to 3, you come to Hegemeyer's, follow the directions, the signs, and you'll enter this Chick-fil-A-esque as fast drive through, hopefully. Yeah. And you come to the front of the line with your car and we bring your stuff out to you. We wanted to just do something fun um, and different. We mark our locas typically have 36 vendors. We narrowed it down to 16. So it's a lot smaller, but we have some of our favorite vendors participating. Very cool. And I don't know. We'll see where this goes. Pretty excited. First, first 50 orders over $35 get our commemorative, commemorative mm -hmm. um, tote bag, loca for local tote bag. And with a curbside mark on it, you can go to lookofforlocal.com right now, sign up for early admission because we are going to give away. We're going to let people in early, early if you sign up to do some shopping. That's right. Yeah. <coughs> Super Excuse excited. Me. So, um, all right, let's get into our guest before we give him a call. So we have, uh, I'm curious, I'm going to ask him this later on. He's actually from Kingsville, Kingsville, Texas here, mm -hmm. uh, but he references Corpus Christi a lot. So I don't know when, I wonder where he says he's from. Yeah. Anyway, he's from here, lives in New York City now. Mike Hennenberger, he's an award-winning, Emmy Award-winning producer and music journalist with credits to Comedy Central, Rolling Stone, Billboard, Spin, and Vice. He wrote a new book called Rock Bottom at the Renaissance. Renaissance Hotel, by the way. Rock Bottom mm -hmm. at the Renaissance, an emo kid's journey through falling in and out of love in and with New York City. It's a mixtape memoir. What he's done is he's taken songs that have meant something to him or songs that he can adapt to th these situations and life stories. And each chapter is about a song, but the song relates specifically, the lyrics relate specifically to the story he's talking about. The, right. lo the love story he's mm -hmm. talking about or the journey of his life that he's talking about at the particular time. Yeah. It's really interesting. We, uh, he gave us an advanced copy. We read it. I read half of it. And then I listened to the rest of it because I'm a better listener. He gave us the option for the audio. Yes, part. and I, I thanked him very much but, for that. Got it. Thank you. Because I cannot, I can't read. I mean, I can. You heard it here first. <laughs> Elena can't read. No, no, no. I, I can. I just don't. No, I got you. So anyway, got, I got a lot of questions for him. What we want to do with this interview for the for you listeners, we wanted to approach it as. Similar to, okay, like Jeff from Ugmunk on the, the last guest spot. Mm -hmm. He's been interviewed a ton of times. Mm -hmm. We wanted to do the Kickstarter angle because I feel like that's another thing that we can talk about on this podcast in the side hustle world of how do you do these scary things. Right. We could have talked all about how he started as a brand and all that yeah. stuff. But it's, you know, really, it's the same motivation that you get. And he's great at that. But I wanted to hit it from this gigantic Kickstarter project he did. So with Mike... We want to try and, 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 and pull out of him a lot of the questions regarding the house, you know, the things that make that, I mean, I'm sure there was parts of him didn't want to write this book. 
Right. I mean, it's a super creative process. Right. So to hear it from somebody's uh, experience is going to be really eye-opening, I think. And I do want to talk to him about some of the things that are in the book without hopefully giving too much away. Because yeah. I think some of those things are important to touch on regarding mental health. Right. So it's going to be a good interview. I'm super excited to give him a call. So let's do that right now. Okay. Hello? Mike, 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 Mike. Hey, dude. Hey. <laughs> Hi, Mike. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, great. Do you get that a lot, by the way, the whole Mike, 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 Mike thing? Yeah, is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's, it's the a Geico. I think it's commercial. the damn camel from the Geico commercial, the Hump Day one. Oh, the Hump Day commercial. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I don't get that. Oh, okay. All right. Well, if you were in, if you uh, hung out with us, you'd get it a lot. <laughs> I'm I'm lucky if I like even get called Mike once. Like at my current job, they call me Michael because that's what my email is, and so it's like Michael Henneberger. And so like, everyone who doesn't know me just calls me, well, everybody just right away started calling me Michael. And so everyone calls me Michael. And at my last job, there were like three other mics and two of them were like VPs and like above, like so far above me that I didn't get to be called Mike. Two of my bosses were Mike's. So they called me Burger. Oh, that's way cooler. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, they, so they asked me like, well, do you have a nickname you want to go by? And I was like, well, they called me Burger in the Army. And I was like, shit, I could have made up the coolest nickname. <laughs> and be like, oh, yeah, I've been called this like my whole life. And they would have just had to call me that. I that's, blew it. That's hilarious. You're like, yeah, they used to call me Viper or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's so funny because this guy who was like sitting there, he's like, dude, you should have gone with Snake. You look like a snake. <laughs> <laughs> you missed your chance. That's hilarious, man. Um, I know, I blew it. Well, thank you for getting on the call with us. Yeah, man. No, I'm super excited about this. Are we recording already? I had already started. I was going to cut it out if it didn't make sense, but it's making sense. Okay, cool. No, that's great. I, 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 that's what I always do also. Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. Um, but no, so I was going to say that, and I know this is going to like sound a little kiss-assy, but, bring it on, dude. Uh, bring it on. I'm super excited about this because, like, you guys have such a professional podcast, and it's so, I mean, like, the quality is so good, and, I mean, I do a lot of interviews, but, and it's, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how hard it is, because I don't really, like, I have a podcast, but I, I made that to kind of, I really just take my video interviews that I do with bands for, like, an hour, yeah. and since I cut those down to 15 minutes for videos, I just put the extended versions on the podcast and I put like audiobook um, chapters on the podcast. So yeah. I don't really do a podcast, but uh, yours is so good. Thank and you, man. Like the, the information you're giving everybody, including myself, like, I'm, look, I can't get on Gary Vaynerchuk's podcast, so, <laughs> but this is like kind of like, <laughs> like don't, I'm not kissing your ass. No, I'm I understand. Gary Vaynerchuk, but, <laughs> no, I'm not. But, you guys know so much and it's like, it's so cool that you like, you know, started sharing that with people right away and you're, you're, you know, up front that you're not trying to say, you know, more than anybody, but we get to watch you learn. And I've learned so much from you guys already. So oh, thank um, you. I'm, I'm stoked to be on this and no, without man. having to like pay you guys for a session. Wait, what? You're not paying. Okay. <laughs> 
end of call no man uh we really appreciate that we were really nervous when we we talked about this before but we were really nervous when we wanted to do this podcast or not yours but like in general and uh elena hate you've probably heard her say she she didn't want to do it i didn't want to um at all and so i don't know we were just trying to figure it out but it's been pretty cool and what's funny is like i think we're lucky slash blessed however you want to look at it but i think we're lucky because we where so many people like are trying to find the thing they want to talk about. Like, okay, let's make a podcast yeah. about, you know, Sutterberg, Sutterberg movies or whatever it is, or horror movies. And then they got to yeah. like, they got to be professionals about that and learn everything. Otherwise it sounds stupid for us. It's like, well, what do we know? And like, well, we know each other, <laughs> you know, we know the shit we're doing. Yeah. So let's just talk about no, that. And that's the thing too. I, I also, and first of all, when you said, Elena didn't want to do the podcast. Yeah, I've heard you guys talk about that. I thought you meant she didn't want to do the podcast with me. <laughs> no. I was like, oh, okay, cool. No, no, no. No. no, I didn't hear her say that before, but okay. <laughs> no, man, that's cool. Going off there for a minute. Yeah. Um, no, I also felt like I was a little, I, I, I'm doing another podcast on Sunday, which is this like, it's called like the Mosh Pit podcast with, the, with these three girls who are like, great friends and they just talk about music and they're really good like music reporters also yeah but they have such a chemistry because they're like best friends and i'm so scared to go into that because i feel like you know i mean the fourth wheel isn't really saying because that's a good thing but like i feel like i'm imposing on their chemistry and i feel like that i was a little scared of that with you guys too because you're so good together i was like man i'm just gonna come in and they're gonna have to like stop their like fun that they have together just to bring me in i'm like okay i'm sorry mike no, mike what were you saying go ahead mike go ahead say what you're saying we'll get back to no our all right. no no i you think just let me know when uh, you have a question <laughs> raise your hand whenever you've got uh, something to say no but i you know honestly man that's the job of the podcaster when it, we've been trying to figure out how to become better interviewers ourselves we're supposed to be the ones to welcome you and make you comfortable so those girls better do that too to you I like that that's a good point that's a good point yeah um <laughs> hey are you picking up are you picking up garbage tv noise in the back no okay cool. are, are you my wife's watching her <laughs> okay. garbage tv shows around the other side of my office door so. what's a gar what's garbage that was my next question uh is it the real uh, housewives i mean you know here's the thing here's <laughs> the thing is like if i were out there i would get sucked right into it but uh because she's oh. off work today so and and like because we watch everything together and like it's so like if she's at work I just don't watch TV because I don't want to like I'm not going to get ahead on something and then it's the same thing like when I'm working here but that's when she gets to watch like uh, what is it below deck and like, oh you know, yeah <laughs> yeah it's a, a bravo um, yes yeah yeah she loves all that stuff and me um, too I mean she I, I mean it's in the like you can turn your brain off kind of yeah yeah you know you know when uh we don't have cable and like when we when i watch it on hulu whenever they update um you know i i binge it but then like on reunion time especially with the housewives when it's like reunion time oh gerald gets sucked in he gets sucked in and he's like no 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 that bitch no tell her no she didn't do that and why would she say that but i really i'm like a lot of the times I'm like, oh, that's so funny. The producers just made him wait to tell that whole story till they had brunch together the next day. I, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's how I am too. I'm, I'm just seeing too much behind the scenes. But also, like, I hate it when, people, when the shows are just, like, uh, just, like, mean, you know? Like, yeah. mean to people. Yeah. 
And, um, and like, it, it's like the, um, I don't know, like some of the, some of the bachelor and bachelors, like I'll watch the bachelor with her. Um, but like this show below deck, it's just about people who work on a crew of a boat and it's not like, they're not like super shitty people or anything. So that, that's, I've watched that with her a little bit. But yeah. When they're just like, like the housewives, I cannot watch them. <laughs> they're just like horrible people. They're, they're shady. Like, they're they shady are. bitches. Yeah. I love they're, it. <laughs> they're pretty bad. Have you seen, this is how bad it is. This, this is, today is the first day I saw this trailer and the show might have just come out it's on netflix right now and uh it's about autistic people trying to find love have you what, seen the trailer what's it called because somebody was texting me about it yeah. i don't i don't know what it's called okay i just saw the trailer today and it's so the trailer's so cute and it looks awesome feel good show mm-hmm. but i told my wife i was like i don't want to watch it because i'm so scared they're gonna make fun of them yeah because all those reality shows are, are like that they just look for the drama and to make yeah. the worst they exploit out of them yeah and yeah i'm sh- i really want to have enough hope in humanity and like television that they don't do that but i'm still scared that they're gonna do that I understand. That is pretty scary. So yeah. I want to ask you one more question about this reality show stuff or just TV in general. You won't even watch anything without your wife if you like know like, okay, she w- I know she won't like that. So let me go ahead and start that. You won't even do that? Um, let me see. There, <laughs> I mean, so yeah, there, there are some things. But here's what I do is I'll start it. And if in that first episode, I'm like, oh, no, she would, she'd be into this. I won't watch any more, and then I'll mm-hmm. watch the first episode. Then we'll start it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's like stuff, like I watched like, like I watched the Punisher, like the Marvel oh. Punisher show, uh-huh. and and like I think that's such a good show, um, just because of the way they like actually handle like PTSD and the mental health stuff that he deals with. Mm-hmm. But uh, and I and I would like love to show that to my wife, but I also don't think she'll actually like the show, and so the good parts get lost on people when they're not really into the show in the first place. Yeah. So she didn't watch that with me. Um, so there's some things, but I'll usually test it out first. And if the first episode, I'm like, Oh no, she'll be into this. Then I'll wait for her. Ah, uh, okay. Well, all right. So but there's it, some things too. There's some things too, where it's like, I know we're just not going to have the time. Cause like she works, you know, she's a nurse. So she works like 12 hour days. Um, yeah. and then on her days off, she wants like this time to watch her shows and stuff. And there are yeah. shows that we share, but like I watched that show Undone on Amazon. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. No, yeah. no. Mm-mm. It's really good. It's like kind of animated, but like um, that Linkletter movie, Waking Life, where it's like filmed and then they just animate the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes place in San Antonio, and it's all a Latino family. Um, and it's 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 really good. Um, the premise is very hard to explain because it's it's like some kind of time travel stuff, but, uh, okay. but it's really good. And uh, I think she might like that show, but we just don't have time to watch everything, you know? And yeah. I, I've been working from home for the last four months. Um, and yeah. so I'm home and I have more time to watch stuff. Yeah. I gotcha. Uh, I funny to be at my computer all day. This connects to what you had just said a second ago. I have been, I'm, I'm going to, at this point, I'm going to say I've been forcing Elena to watch, uh, ER because oh ER is one of my favorite shows ever yeah and uh i've been forcing her to watch it but she watches it on the couch we'll do like maybe one to two episodes every before bed day mm-hmm. or every other day but she's on her phone so she's not as connected to it 
Uh, but then some, but I think, I think she has a mental block about it because there are some times where yeah. she, she kind of does get into it and it's getting better, but we're in season five. These, these, there's like 20 plus episodes in each season. There's 15 seasons. So she's like in for the yeah. long haul, but I think she's also just doing it to say, finally, I watched it. I don't even have to hear. You I don't have, yeah, I'm tired of him be complaining. So, yeah. um, but I've been that, like, watching, um, watch. which one ER? Yeah, like when I'm not around. <laughs> yeah, watch yeah. I've been watching Hamilton like on repeat, like three times a day. I know. I heard. It's I heard, crazy. And I was like, I was like, I was listening to the last episode you guys did, and I heard you heard you guys talking about that. <laughs> and I was like, I can't talk about Hamilton. Exactly. I've been doing all these like I've been doing all these like punk rock podcasts. Yeah, uh -huh. and they're like, what kind of? So, what music inspires you now? And I'm like, Hamilton. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm ruining my cred over here with this like emo pop punk book being out. No, with a lot of yes, I love it. Um, but then I'm like going around talking about how much I love Taylor Swift and Hamilton. <laughs> That's funny. Hamilton's actually on right now, just on mute. We're playing it. Yeah, I love <laughs> yeah, Hamilton. Right? It's amazing. Yes, man. So let's talk about your book. Let's talk about your book, man. All right. Um, so yeah. I've got a lot of questions from different angles about this book. Um, first of all, thank you for the audio version. I went yes, through a much thank faster. You. I'm a, I'm a, I think I have ADD because I re yeah. I reread a lot of pages cause I just yeah, get, I just get lost. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's awesome. So we actually, uh, before we give you a call, we, <coughs> we did an intro for our listeners. So we are, we hyped you up and we uh, gave all your, all your credentials. Mm -hmm. and um, accolades we showed him photographs mm -hmm. <laughs> just yeah. kidding twitter uh, <laughs> instagram but um but but i'm i'm super the audience knows a little bit about the premise of the book and how the chapters are structured and the music and what you decided to do um we didn't go totally deep into it but my first question to you coming at it from um the email that you sent us by the way when we were st starting to talk about this i love that you had recognized that on this podcast it would be good to to talk about the book from a from an angle of like writing it making it and the side hustle of it and all that stuff yeah because and i don't know where else i'm going to get to talk about that angle of it you know right. and, mm -hmm. and it's something i even forget because like it's so it's so much about the mental illness stuff that i struggle with and it's so much about you know, love and dating that i even forget that it's also about being a creative trying mm -hmm. to harness that stuff, which is so hard, especially when you're doing it just for you and no one's paying you to do it and you don't have an assignment or you don't have a deadline. Mm -hmm. Like that's a big part of the book too. Um, so yeah, no, I'm glad we, I'm glad we could. Yeah. Um, How long? Did I you... wanted to make sure we like did that. Absolutely. Cool. How long had you wanted to write this book? That's the thing, man. I never wanted to write this book. Like I knew I was going to go into that. I knew I had this like free hotel stay for a couple of days because I won this photography contest mm -hmm. and I, I'm a writer and it had been a long time since I had, I mean, I had been writing like entertainment journalism stuff for years, but it'd been a long time since I wrote anything real per, uh, personal or meaningful. Um, well, I did incorporate that a little bit into my entertainment journalism, um, the important stuff, which I mentioned in the book too, like I was just too scared to approach the important stuff. Mm -hmm. And so like, I didn't go in there with any goal that I was going to write this book. I went in there with the goal that I was going to write, but then also I was so distracted by this girl that I was, you know, 
quote unquote in love with, um, which is just, you know, that the way we trick ourselves about that. So, so distracted by that, that it could have very possibly not have happened. So I didn't really have a plan to write this book. I went in with the, with the hopes I would write something mm-hmm. and this is what came out of that. Okay. That's per So, um, the structure of the book, and when I say structure, I'd mean like the, w- the way you decided to tie songs, s- songs and song lyrics into um, whatever that chapter was talking about during that story. How did you, when did you come up with that? Did that just like hit you too? Or? You know, so it kind of, it, it hit me in the way that it like hits me in the book where like the first chapter, um, you know, I'm, I'm leaving work and this whole scene happens where I see like this plane flying towards a building mm-hmm. and I have all these thoughts going through my head and that Jimmy world song is playing. And so, um, I just like, like I mentioned in the book, like I always think in, in music. So I, I just always have, I've been so obsessed with music my whole life that I just, Always, like the first thing I think when something happens is like, oh yeah, I like that, whatever song pops into my head because of that, you know, right. if there's a song tied to it or like if somebody says a quote, it'll like remind me of like a lyric in a song. So that's just the kind of the way that I kind of think. Yeah. And so it, it just kind of happened that way where like that Jimmy at World song was playing when that first part of the that first chapter of the book was actually happening on my way to the hotel. And so I think it just kind of like took that format. And then there's all these dangerous, there's a band called the dangerous summer that there's like three dangerous summer chapters in there. Mm-hmm. And they're the band that I always listen to when I'm feeling down and depressed. And so like they would be like, I would just be playing the dangerous summer in that hotel room because I was pretty depressed that weekend. Um, and so the dangerous summer was just always in my head. And as I was writing the stuff that's going on, like this, these dangerous summer lyrics are popping into my head. Um, and so like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Is this another thing where like, and I mean, it sounds ridiculous or crazy or made up, but I was on so many pills and so much alcohol that weekend. Mm-hmm. It like, I don't think I would would have been able to come up with any sort of ideas as far as like plot or structure, you know? Right. Like it's just, it's just how, how this stuff came out of me. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the quote is that the, the, it's set in a hotel room during a debaucherous weekend (laughs) with a lot going on, which is uh, to me is like enticing already. Like I got to read this. Right. Well, and I think that, you know, when you in the, beginning of the book you mentioned how connected you are to music and that started from when you were a child um and now obviously into a full adult but i i like that you give credit to that connection that is what is the start of your book you know of of your life really the connections that you have to lyrics and i think a lot of us can relate to those you know we listen to a song from a certain time in our lives and it brings back a good or a bad memory or of a person or a thing or a place, you know? Um, yeah. It's so weird when people aren't like that. Like I've yeah. only met maybe two in my life, but they're like, no, nah, I don't like music. 
don't listen to music. <laughs> what? What do you do? You're like, but have you heard Hamilton? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, fuck yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, I mean, I, I mean, music is so important, and we we um, you know, I, I don't have a really big taste of uh from from she music. She um, Gerald is one that has a very wide uh acceptance of music. I I don't, and um, there's always something for me to listen to. Basically. Yeah, 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 but I can respect yeah, just- the connection. Yeah. Yeah, no. When you guys called, I was in the middle. <laughs> I was in the middle of posting a Facebook post <laughs> that was that said, um, "Hey, y'all, go listen to the Dixie Chicks record before <laughs> Taylor Swift drops her new record, and that's all you care about. Don't don't forget that Dixie Chicks just dropped a new album like last week. Like it's so good, you know. Yeah, I love yeah. the Dixie Chicks." They're just called the chicks now, right? But uh, <laughs> which is like they dropped the Dixie for the for the like PC side, but mm-hmm. they're still the chicks. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. to change your name next year. Like, <laughs> they're the women, um, the women. Yeah, that's funny. The man. Proud yeah. women. Um, but uh, but no, that their record's so good, and they work with the same producer that they work with Jack Antonoff, who like Taylor Swift works with. It's so good, and uh, they only got a week to like have any limelight because now Taylor Swift's dropping a record tonight which is going to be amazing that's right yeah out of, all out the, of nowhere all the what is it this, the T-Swift or what are they called the her crew oh like people who follow her yeah yeah like the T-Swizzle or some shit like that yeah Swifties yeah yeah I think they're Swifties they're not Twizzlers no Uh, some shit I don't know that's what they should be yeah the music thing is is huge like Elena Elena mentioned um I've just I've just liked all kinds of music all the time. So when people yeah, ask like too. what do you when you listen to I'm like well, really anything. Uh but I'm not embarrassed about it. Um and, and it yeah. doesn't sound like you are either. I'm like oh well, I remember I remember when Hot Topic first opened up when I was a kid here in a, in our mall they had the uh, yeah. sl- they were giving away Slipknot single. Uh like Wait and oh, Bleed yeah. I think and I was like <laughs> oh they they we bought something and they gave it away. They're like here's a new single from this band and I was like who is this? And I was like, oh, that's pretty badass. And then I'm like, oh, I also like this Michael Bolton song. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude, I grew up, man, when I was growing up in Kingsville um, and Bishop, I was all about Z95, man. Um, yeah. And like, dude, Brian McKnight. Um, yes. like, I, I think I mentioned it in the book. One like, Last Cry. I, I grew up, like, singing, yeah, Brian McKnight, yeah. One uh-huh. Last Cry. Um, Janet Jackson, man. Um, all for good One. Stuff. I wait. Dude, I waited in line at Craig's Record Factory to get all for one's autograph. Oh, oh wow. God. I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I'm, I'm going to throw it all out on this one. Dude, yes. that's another reason I was Spill excited it. about Spill this. Spill like, I could do that. I could come back home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but that- no, I remember driving up from Kingsville um, to just to go to that Hot Topic and um, buy the used first CD. Yeah. Um, and like that, that record is a huge record for me too. Cause they were like, I didn't listen to any band before. I had never heard a band before that did that whole screaming and singing thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that became screamo, mm-hmm. um, which it wasn't yet, but, um, <laughs> but yeah. And so they were doing this thing and I, yeah, they were like a, they were a big band for me. Still are. Yeah. Um, but I want to hear about Gerald's emo days. 
Oh my god. She makes see okay, you first have, of like, all. Your emo day? Not really. She just says that shit. Uh you don't even yes, know he her did. lady. Yes, he did. I didn't have emo. Fucking emo. No, okay, so he, eyeliner shit. Stop it. Mm-hmm. So um this is actually kind of I think I've said this story before on this podcast, but um I was I wasn't gothic or anything like that. I just remember that um I mean I had I had Adidas or I had Vans. I never skated. I put Jinkos on, but not the gigantic ones, like the ones that you know they had yeah. some that like weren't humongous. I had yeah, those thanks. band shirts. I would wear band shirts, and then I had uh, a lot of patches on my backpack. And then, um, but I, so my friends were a mixture of. I was also a graffiti artist. I was in a tagging crew. Yes, I was. Oh, cool. um, and my mom hated that. So I remember. So I, I just I hung out with whoever, like really whoever. Uh, baseball. Yeah. yeah so, so it didn't really matter, but as far as music goes, um, I, I guess physically or like on the outside, it looked like I listened to like rock and metal and shit. Uh, and I did, but I also listened to Boyz to Men and all that other stuff. So yeah, I re- dude, I, that's my shit, Boyz to Men. Like <laughs> that's like what I like. That was like when I was in junior high. I was in choir in junior high and high school. I was in and, choir too. Um, oh my god, here we go. Dude, like, ah. <laughs> um, where'd you go to high school? I went to Carroll. And when did you graduate? Uh, 2001. I would have, but have we announced okay. in this podcast? I was class of 2000, so I'm sure oh we. I'm sure we were at choir competitions at the same time. Oh <laughs> uh, well, no, I I only did it in in middle school. Um, oh, okay. Because art was full, as an elective, <laughs> so they made the they made a one class of all boys choir. It was like the first time they ever had to do that. They had too many kids and it was an all boys choir. So basically I think only like four of the kids there wanted to be there. And the rest of them were like, I signed up for art. <laughs> and then, so we had to, and it, it was, just, it was pretty funny, but uh, the, the emo yeah, thing, the last, choir. go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, as the emo thing. Um, the last thing I'll say about it is I wasn't emo, but I remember um, there, guys? there's this, like, there's this, Okay, because I described the way I dressed, right? So there, I have to uh, not really behave a certain way, but I can't fucking talk about Dawson's Creek. Oh, my God. But I watch it. Oh, man, dude, I was so into Dawson's Creek, too. <laughs> so, so I was... I, 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 Y'all let me no. know when you want me back here in this conversation, okay? Cause you can oh, jump man. back in. <laughs> like, I'm not the third wheel after all. No, you're not. But I remember I, remember I, was, a, I was a sophomore... And I remember there was a science, uh, it was like second period and it was one of the science classes and there was these very preppy girls that would always sit in front of me and um, they would always talk about it. And I really didn't ever feel like I had to jump in. You're but dying the, to talk to I kind of, I mean, when? no, this is when I was dying to talk about it was when Dawson's dad died because that shit came out of nowhere. Uh, like he yeah. fucking got hit by, I mean, like his death happened like that and i was like oh, and they were talking about it the next day at, at at in class and i so wanted to talk about it with them but i never <laughs> talked to them before and then uh one more thing do you ever watch the oc oh yeah of course i did okay so the best sound like that i learned about so many new bands from that show oh for sure yeah and i remember i remember i would go on online and like look up song lyrics to find the name of the song like just google yeah. kind of google it and find it that way well uh, Marissa's dad, I forgot the actor's name. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot his name. He's one of those where you don't really yeah, remember his name. I know who you're talking about, though. I can picture him, but um, yeah. We were screening. He's a curly. Yeah, curly, curly hair dude. Hair, young guy. 
yeah. we were at South by screening some film and I can't remember what the film is. It was the river and the wall. Oh, the river and the wall mm-hmm. documentary. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. So we were there and, uh, the, I wasn't in the, at the edge of the row at the Paramount theater. There was uh, one girl, another girl, then Elena, then me. So I was four in and he walks down the aisle looking for someone then turns around has popcorn and is like hmm, where are they and then he points he points in my direction but behind me on on my left and he went to go sit over there and i'm like oh my god that's marissa's dad and then <laughs> um and then elena was like oh that's uh because he's been on friends too it was like i think he dated um rachel from friends yeah oh, yeah so then the two girls next to elena were like where is he from I've seen him and they were naming some stuff and, and the other girl was like no that's not where i saw him no 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 and then i think it was like a few minutes right and yeah. i was like he's marissa's dad on the oc <laughs> and then they were like oh yes <laughs> anyway tell so lame right this is so lame <laughs> no, that's awesome. so oh my god i love that show i love dr street too i was like way into that show but it's always I mean, I'm not going to lie, I like the shows, but I also like that, dude, like, I started watching Gossip Girl on my own because I know those shows have the best music. That is and so I know funny. I've That's about true. new bands from them. Yeah. And so if I don't have, like, a new show to watch, I also start, like, same thing. When I was back in Corpus going to college, I, like, lived on my own in an apartment and just randomly started watching Pretty Little Liars because I was like, <laughs> all right, I don't have anything else to watch. And I like had nothing else to watch, and I was like, okay, these shows always have good music, so I'll at least get good music out of it. But that show was a little too much for me. I didn't make it through <laughs> that one. Um, but uh, but yeah, like the OC, I started watching it like you know when my wife's at work and I'm here. Uh, I started watching One Tree Hill because of the same reason, oh my God. and they didn't. I didn't uh, like real because like it's so like not only are those shows yes. Lane, but they don't hold up well you know you can't yeah. go back to them 10 years later yeah um and it's just like high school kids who can't like you're you're pushing 40 <laughs> yeah like they don't hold up the same for you um no but i started watching one tree Hill, and they have such a good soundtrack like and it's a lot of old emo bands like the get up kids and um i don't know but they but yeah mm-hmm. I, I, I made it through one season but didn't go back to it <laughs> But yeah, man, I'll, I, I can, I can, I can mess with that stuff. There you go. Um, I, you know, when when Gerald and I started dating, he started. You know, he was real romantic when we were dating. Not anymore. Not anymore. But That's he why. was it's because of those shows. So don't hate. <laughs> he would play. He would Dawson, sometimes Dawson taught him how to be romantic. Sometimes, like we we would like just lay in bed, and he'd be like, "Listen to this song," and he'd play like a really pretty cool. song. And then when we started dating, I made this whole like love playlist of these songs and i would play them all the you know when you're dating somebody and you're like on cloud nine and you're like this is like the best love ever and you're like oh you know the sky opens and shit and like um my sister's like are you gonna like stop listening to this music i'm like no it's it's my love album it's my love playlist and it was it was songs i've never heard of before it was like like safety suit was on yeah there. and um and then when you moved to Austin, when he moved to Austin, Hosier was like really, really big. Um, and there was a song, I forgot the name of the song that you played for me from his first album. And I was like in tears because I would have never on my own 
gone to listen to this song. That's just, that's, I, I, I don't know how to introduce myself to new music. Well, Elena was the kind of girl that like when, when you buy the CD, she didn't really care about the other songs. Yeah. It's just like, I want that one hit and that's it, you know? So. Yeah. When, well, that's, that's because, that's because guys like Dawson, Leary. Leary? <laughs> uh, I thought it was Creek, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Seth Cohen taught us how to be sensitive. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. And, who can relate to art and, and find meaning in that. That's that right. Well, that, that explains everything. And he told us how to avoid guys like Pacey. <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> just kidding. Pacey yeah, wasn't I'm that I'm torn. Cool. I'm torn. I like Pacey. No, he's cool. I'm just kidding. Um, well, cool, man. All right. I have I, I, one of the things that like I, I wrote out these questions that I wanted to ask you, but I never found a, a specific order in any of them. So they're so random. And I think one of the things that I wanted to say early on, as I was realizing this, just to figure out what to ask you, is that I think writing is so, <clears throat> obviously it's scary for a lot of people, but it seems to be like one of the most permanent, scary, like your ass is really out there because like you have, you've had enough time to think about your words and put them together so like these are some yeah. solid thoughts that that you put out. It's not like a vid I mean a video is a video, but you know, it's kind of it still doesn't seem as permanent as like writing. <laughs> like writing a book. So were you like nervous at all by putting all this out there? Yeah, you know, um so that's like I, Yeah, I was definitely nervous in putting it out there. But <clears throat> I wasn't nervous in writing it because I wasn't like conscious when I was writing it. I was <laughs> right. so like just messed up in the head while I was, while it was coming out of me. Um, and like a lot of it. So m more than half of it was written in that weekend at the hotel. And then I just did not touch it for like a year because I knew what a dark, how dark of a headspace I was in when I was doing that. And I was literally scared to put myself back in that. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not a good enough writer yet. Um, I've not done this enough to just be able to flip a switch and go back into that mindset to finish a book, mm -hmm. to finish this book. So I was really scared to have, like, I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to get back to that. And so in my head, all I could think of was like, well, the only way to get back to that is to actually feel the way we're feeling that weekend, which is fucking horrible and almost killed me, literally. Mm -hmm. And I was too scared to do that. So I didn't touch the book for over a year to finish it. And um, so like what's in the book didn't make me nervous to put it in there because I just wasn't thinking about it, you mm -hmm. know? Um but then, even after I finished it, which was probably like two years later, I held on to it for so long, and because I was scared to put it out for, you know, and those reasons changed over time. Like, it's some sometimes, or in the early days, it was like, I don't know if I really want people to know this about me. Mm -hmm. um, of course, I got always felt like because I'm a writer and because I'm a creative person that wants to make movies and wants to make TV shows, like 
I knew that this was good to me, which as I say in the book is like all that matters, like, which sounds like stupid, but it's, but plenty of people say that like, I just wanted to write something that I don't see out there. You know, I don't see this represented in the way that I want it to be, that I, as someone who deals with it, feels like it needs to be represented. And that's how I saw this book. And so as, as that creative person, I wanted, I've always thought it needed to be out. Yeah. But I didn't know what held me back for a while other than fear of, and honestly, I straight up, 100% 100% always, even to this day, deal with fear of failure, which is like also something I, which is what I was kind of getting at in the email of like, I, like, we can talk, like, there are so many ways to bring this back around to what you guys talk about on this podcast. Yeah. Because the foundation is I'm a creative person, I'm a writer, I'm a video creator, uh, I work in advertising, I make commercials. I, I still to this day, constantly deal with fear of failure, imposter syndrome, all that shit. And this book is so important to me that what, what made it hard in the first place to put it out was like, what if nobody thinks that? Like, what if nobody thinks it's important? What if nobody thinks it's good? What if I'm totally wrong and this is the most important thing I've ever done in my life and nobody likes it? That's what kept me from, and not even if nobody likes it, but if nobody gets it or nobody sees that it could help people and maybe it doesn't help people like maybe I'm completely wrong about it which like it's been out for almost two months now a month and a half and plenty of people have messaged me about that even when I was doing the Indiegogo plenty of people were like hey this is so great that you're talking about this I have a brother who deals with this or I have kids who deal with this or I'm a counselor with people who deal with this like immediately I was set at ease about that but for years, I was scared that the most important thing to me in my life would not matter to anybody else. Mm-hmm. So it was easier for me to just hide it away than to find that out. And then I met my wife, and um, I mean, I got fear in life, but also like I didn't want it to hurt her feelings. I didn't want to like her family's amazing to me. I didn't want her family to see me any differently. So that was very hard for me. And they're still, I mean, they're great. That's another like, um, irrational fear that I had mm-hmm. because they're amazing people. She's amazing. She loves me. Um, and she was like aware of it, but you know, didn't want to know the details. Yeah. Um, and so there were like a lot of things that scared me from putting it out. Until like one day a couple years ago when I read it again and just felt disconnected from it. Like I felt like that wasn't me anymore because I've, you know, through therapy and through finally finding like the right medication, um, which is what works for me. And I know like that's the hard part is that everything works differently for everybody. Right. But through all that, like I feel so much more, I feel so much more so much healthier Mm -hmm. um, and happier Mm -hmm. and I was I don't even see that person in the book as me anymore so like now when I read it and now when I you know see excerpts from it it's like I'm reading a novel that someone else wrote and I see the value in it as somebody who has major depressive disorder and anxiety disorder and ADD 
and who has struggled with, um, you know, drug abuse and alcohol abuse, I see the value because now it's almost like I'm reading a book about a stranger, but it's helping me. And so I read it one day and I was like, oh, wow, this could like, this is helping me reading it. I feel like it might help other people. And that's kind of what pushed me to put it out. Um, just kind of hoping that people who have dealt with this stuff will read it and kind of feel the same way that I did. I feel like I feel to me that tells me that like, it's such a solid piece of work that, that it, I mean, when it hit you that way, when you recognized it that way, that just means it's solid, man. And it, you know, not to get, not to get like, not to be too cliche or anything, but I really feel like, um, it, if one, if it helps one person, you know what I mean? Like if it helps no, exactly. one person and do that's that. What I, that's what I try to tell people too, is that like, even if you can't, like, I've been fortunate enough to, you know, because I worked in music journalism for so long, I know some of these bands that I wrote about and I've gotten to meet with them and talk with them and give them the book and tell them about how their music has saved my life. Mm-hmm. And that's what I try to tell people is like, even if you're not a writer or a musician, it doesn't mean you can't affect someone's life. Like, even in, and that's, that's how I try to feel. It's like, in, in, well, that's what I tell people is like, I could be embarrassed by a lot of this, this stuff in this book and I could stay ashamed of a lot of the stuff in this book. But if it helps one person, that, that means so much more than me being, not that I even am embarrassed or ashamed, but if I were, like, who cares? Like, I'm still alive, right. you know? And there yeah. are a lot of times where I could not have been. Right. And so, you know, people kill themselves for less than the stuff I do in the book. <clears throat> and if this helps someone feel more comfortable with their life or the way that they feel, then that's it. Who cares? Like one person, you know? Yeah. That's, that's, that's how I try to right. see it. And, but also want other people to see too. They're like, you may not know it, but what you do could be the thing that keeps somebody alive. Mm-hmm. Like that, that should be worth it. Um, to to go back to Hamilton, um, oh. where, where they say like, um, if there's a reason that I'm still alive, I'm gonna wait for it. Right? You know? Yeah. Like that, which is why this is so hard to do podcasts or any interviews without mentioning Hamilton. Because <laughs> question, right? really but it's do. it's it's so genius. Um, yeah. I mean, it it, it is. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> If there's a reason that I'm still alive when so many have mm-hmm. died, I'm going to wait I'm going to wait it. for it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, you're still alive, so just wait for it. Like, something good is going to happen. Yeah. And that's just what I want everybody to get out of this book, is that, like, there's no silver lining in it because that good thing might not happen right away, and it didn't for me. And, and you know what? There's still days for me where, like, I get depressed in a way where, I just go to my bed and I don't leave it. And there have better times where like suicidal thoughts will come into my head, but it's, you just got to know that like that happened before you got through it and then really amazing things happened for you in your life. So mm-hmm. why even consider that shit? Like it's so stupid, you know? Yeah. Um, and so if you can just like get past those hard times, like we always, if you're still alive, you've always gotten through the hardest times in your life. 
Mm-hmm. So just get through this one, and then, you know, cool things will come. And then a hard time will come again. Yeah. You got through all the other ones, so just get through this one. That's all I'm trying to, you know, show in this book, hopefully. Well, um, thank you for allowing us to come to your TED Talk. <laughs> you know, no, that I was mean, really, that was, you, that was really like, good, uh, you putting, really just speaking your truth, and I think yeah. that's what this podcast also is, um, I mean, coming from a brand perspective, is that we're, we're super authentic, and what you see is what you get with us. And so, um, but you telling your story and speaking your truth is so powerful, and um it not only validates your life and the decisions that have led you up to where you are now, but it's also validating other, other people in their, in their life that they're in whatever situation so that they can say, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've been through that or I know that or that's how I feel right now. You know, I actually, yeah, and I mean, I even, Oh, go ahead. No, 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 you go for it. Go this is your podcast. You go. Okay. Well, I was going to say, I, I, I even like actually want to, touch on it on a smaller scale because like I know not everybody deals with that like depression and stuff that um, extremely and another thing that I like I I describe as like the burden that I care I put on myself like nobody else puts this on me but like I grew up super poor in Kingsville Texas and like I want people to see also that like so many people like creative people at least like um, and I always I'm I'm so I'm I'm stuttering and hesitating because I I I even mentioned this in the book like I don't think I'm better than anybody like a lot of people like you guys are fucking killing it on your podcast like so many people are doing amazing things in Corpus and happier than I've been in Corpus. Like, like I, but for kids like me, that's what I'm saying. Like the burden that I carry for kids like me who, you know, had these like plans or like ideas of things that they could do, but felt like it was impossible to do it because they're in Kingsville, Texas. They're mm-hmm. like super poor and right. nothing, like no, you know, advantage over anybody to do it that's another thing. Like I want this book to show that life can be hard and it can be like, it can almost kill you. But if you don't let it kill you, you can succeed. You can, you know, do cool things. Like I try to say do cool things because I don't, I mean, sometimes I'm still paycheck to paycheck. So I wouldn't call that success. (laughs) I like, I never said like I made it. And like people will tell me that. I'm like, dude, I seriously have not made it. (laughs) I sometimes, yeah, live paycheck to paycheck. But, but, uh, I, and that's okay. Um, oh, yeah, yeah totally no, okay. You know, and, yeah. that's, and that's okay. Yeah. I just want people to know that, like, life can be hard, but it doesn't have to kill you. Right. And as long as it doesn't, you have all the opportunity in the world to make your dreams come true, you yep. know? This is very, I want to ask you this and I feel like, I feel like it, you know, you, you shared all that with us now and I really appreciate all that. And, but in my head, I'm like, dude, you want an Emmy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Dude, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> like, how did that make, how did no, that make you feel though? Where, where is your Emmy and right Where now? is it now? 
Is it right next to you? It is literally. Can you send us a picture? My left shoulder, about four feet away. If we were on video, you could see it. Oh, okay. um, you uh, must be so no, proud of I yourself. Actually, well, look, I, I like mounted a shelf like uh, three weeks ago behind me. So when I do like video interviews, it can look like that. Like everybody looks on video interviews. Yeah. Yes. Knickknacks and like awards and shit. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so I did that. Mainly I did it because my day job, I have to get on a video conference every Tuesday and nobody treats me like I'm an Emmy winning producer. <laughs> and so I put that shit up there so they can all know. Yes. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it still hasn't made a difference. <laughs> but, uh, but no, that's the thing is like, of course I'm super proud of it. It was so exciting. But at this point, it's been seven years since I won that Emmy. And um, so for a long time, I struggled with like people thinking, and I, I, I feel like this might be something that a lot, I keep wanting to like bring this back around to like for your listeners because mm-hmm. your podcast is so valuable and I feel like me just talking about my book is not that valuable to them, but I want <laughs> but I think this might be. Okay. Um, like I won this Emmy in 2013 and it made me super proud. It really, and I like worked for it because there are plenty of people who just get Emmys because they're vice presidents or presidents and they just get on shit mm-hmm. or producers or executive producers and same with Oscars, all that stuff. Um, in fact, like I was the most junior employee who got on this Emmy and they told me I almost didn't get on it. If like one more vice president wanted to be on the ballot, like, or wanted to be on our credits, I would have gotten knocked off of it. Oh, and I worked nine, I worked 90 hours in seven days Wow! for this Emmy. I worked 12 days in a row on the project that I got this Emmy for. I worked harder than anybody except maybe my direct boss for this Emmy and there were three other like the president like the um, vice president of our department anyway all these people other people got on it but if one more executive wanted to be on it I would have gotten kicked off of it because I was the most junior employee (laughs) and I would have quit if they had done that to me because I'm like that kid and I don't give a fuck. (laughs) I was single at the time and had more (laughs) ability to do that. Um, But uh, I had to like borrow money from my dad to fly to LA and get my own hotel and my own car to go to the Emmys and win an Emmy for Comedy Central. Everybody else was paid for by the company. Wow. Like, I, like, of I'm so proud of that because I actually worked, I worked for it and I did so much work and I like, like I told my boss, I was like, I'm going to quit if I'm not on this. And like, I'm so proud of it because I worked for it. And, but, and, and like I tell people too, like if you would have told me 10 years ago or 10 years before that, like you're going to win an Emmy at Comedy Central in 10 years, I would have said, yeah, that sounds right. Because, I'm always busting my ass to be the best at whatever I do. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't half ass anything. I mean, the job I have right now, I make local commercials in Corpus Christi. I mean, in Corpus Christi in New York. Uh-huh. Um, and I make local commercials for like 
you know, local businesses in New York, and it's not super creative. It's not super fulfilling. It's not fulfilling at all, actually. And yeah. but I still like try to be the best at it. You right. know, sure. mm-hmm. like I I want to be the best at whatever I do. Or why waste your time doing it? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's just like what I try to what I try to like impart on people. And but, that's what makes me proud of the work that I do yeah. because like I'm trying my hardest to do it. But even that Emmy man, it's like didn't it doesn't help me like get jobs. It doesn't help me get paid better at things. Um, and so it made me proud for like a minute. But then I still had to keep working hard to continue to move forward in my career. Mm-hmm. You know? Right, absolutely. Um, but what I was saying about people, like, what hopefully will give some value to people is that I often feel like I'm afraid people are, if I don't put something out great, if I don't put a video out in, like, three months, or if I don't put, like, some, if I don't say, like, hey, I won an award for something, feel like people are like oh what happened to mike oh one hit wonder yeah won an emmy seven years ago i worry about that a lot and i'm sure a lot of creatives do i don't i don't anymore i don't well i mean i i get it well and not that i've won huge awards but because those people that you're describing like fuck those people you know what i mean like really no you're right no yeah totally and uh and actually None of them are even thinking about you. Yeah. No, man. None of them are thinking about me. Exactly. That's what I've only recently come to realize is that, like, for the longest time, people, like, I would fear that, like, I haven't put a video out in three months or six months. And, like, you know, I haven't won an award and, like, I haven't done a thing that, like, got recognition. Like, probably people probably think that I, like, fell off nobody's thinking about me. Like right. nobody cares. Yeah. No. Uh, and so like, that's, that's the thing we all need to like, those of us who struggle with that, which I hope I'm not the only one. Um, that's what we need to like get through our heads. Is like, just do your shit that like, you like feel good about doing. Like, exactly. Don't even worry about that. Cause yeah. they're really not thinking about you. No. And then like the, you know, your friends and your family, the ones that really do care, like whenever, whenever you, announce something no matter how much further away it is they're like that's badass congratulations because you know yeah they fucking care and they're not like miserable assholes yeah <laughs> so to bring it back to music like do you know the band fun yeah mm-hmm. yeah they were like pretty big a couple of years ago yeah but, tonight's but, uh, the, yeah 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 so that guy had a band before fun called the format did you ever hear about them no no Okay, so they were, like, very indie, like, South by Southwest darling, like, huge in the indie world. And they were, like, supposed to be, they were supposed to, like, rocket to the moon. They were so good. And you should look their music up because their records are so good. Okay. But this guy was in the format, and then, for some reason, format broke up, disappeared. And then he disappeared years and then fun comes out and he's like topping billboard charts and so that's kind of what I run through my head when I think that way like it's okay dude you didn't do anything for years either did that guy and then he came back with what with his big thing you know yeah and and it's a lesson I learned from this book too 
man, I got so much support from people in Kingsville and Corpus mm-hmm. when I did my Indiegogo. Yeah. And it's just like, dude, I, I, I could cry about it, man. Like, it made me feel so good because that's my, not only because it's my home, but like, I always felt like when I was in Corpus, I always felt like I, like, you know, my brother and I did the event and we, like, I would do stand up and we always felt like we were trying to give back, trying to give something different to Corpus, but never felt like they cared about it. Right. And so it, it's nice to feel, to see that now. Um, and, and like, it, it, kind of comforted me and that's why like this this whole idea about this hit me recently like I didn't do any I don't I didn't do anything really sexy for a couple of years and then I <laughs> this book and people cared about people still cared about it you know yeah yeah that's that's awesome no that, that, community here that's, we got that, your back yeah man no that's that's really good um I wanted to tell you this before I forgot I was uh when I was reading your I don't know why. I don't know when I started doing this. It was probably like a, a handful of years ago. I'm like, you know, this could be a movie or like whatever. Whatever I'm reading or a person, I'm like, God, that person's got a weird person. Like they could, you could write something and make a film about them. I I can see your book being a movie. Like I could see it being a film. Yeah. Um, the tone of it would be, I'm just throwing stuff. Have you ever seen uh, Inside Lewin Davis? Have you ever seen that film? Yeah, dude, that's, so the Cohen brothers are so hit or miss with me, and that's one of their hits. <laughs> yeah, I see. That's a movie I know Elena wouldn't like, but so I'm I watched it by myself, and I loved it. Yeah. And um, so yeah. I, f- I feel like it, like it would be that tone, uh, but the the environment would be uh, this is going to sound like Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, and then the writer would be um, uh, Sorkin. <laughs> would, would like Dude, write the oh screenplay. my god that's the best compliment you can give me <laughs> oh man i love aaron sorkin man he's yeah. like my god yeah um no i appreciate that so much like i i really want to adapt this um i thought about a, a movie but i feel like it has to be a series mm-hmm. like a yeah. tv series uh, but and that's just me like not knowing if i can write it right mm-hmm. which like have not tried to do yet yeah so but no i really want to do that that's the plan the first plan is to like do the audiobook um in september very which, cool i don't know I'm kind of yeah. pretty close um so you guys i sent you guys the like promo version i want to do that but i'm trying to get the bands um i've already gotten some bands to like get on board yeah um i have a person who wants to do the narration but it's not like locked in i can't say it um but uh but yeah then i want to do the audiobook first and then i want to i want to really try to get it made into a series but you you um, did the audiobook the, the one you sent us that's you right yeah it was yeah. really good i like, like that it didn't yeah feel like, it didn't feel like you were reading it right. felt like you were performing it uh-huh cool well thanks i um so don't hire that I, other person you know, <laughs> no but now the other person gonna get more attention than I would. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Um, um, hopefully if it works out, but, uh, but yeah, no, thanks. I, I, there are some parts of that book where I'm like, wow, that's me. Cool. Um, and then there are some parts are like, no, um, but also I really just did it to get it. Like there was never a part of me that was like, Oh, I got to go back and do that better. 
the whole reason I did that was to like show the bands and the labels so they would get on board with letting me use oh, their music. Uh-huh. Right. Um, and so I read back on it. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's a lot of reasons I wouldn't do it, but mm-hmm. also like I'm talking to somebody that will hopefully bring some more attention onto it. Um, Perfect, man. And, and I'm always going to donate money to charity from the royalties of it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, I really hope that it like helps me move on to the next thing too. But I really want to work with the bands and I really want to work with um, this person who might read it so it can help with like the charities. I want to help out with it. Yeah, that makes total sense. So um, let me ask you, Mike, where are you um, right now? Like, how are you with your mental health? Yeah, I'm so much better than in the book. Um, And that's not saying a lot because I was horrible in the book. I'm so much better period like good I have um found a great therapist I that's something I struggled with for a very long time was just I, I tried talk therapy and it just never worked for me I just kept going to people who just seemed very cliche and like not that interested mm-hmm. and for the last like probably two years I've had a guy at the VA who has just been amazing. Very cool. Um, and I don't know if he brought up meditation first or if I was already doing it, but I've been meditating for the last, uh, I mean, probably over a year. And I don't do it every day. Like, and sometimes I just forget about it for a week or whatever. But that helps me a lot. The days that I do it are so different than the days that I don't do it. Um, but also I got on the right medication. <clears throat> Another okay. thing I always struggled with for years was like antidepressants that just never worked for me or took too long to work. And then you, then that just becomes a psychological thing where you're like, it's never going to work. Um, and there was, you know, points in my life where like I took Xanax more, like I haven't had a Xanax in maybe a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to need, Am- I used to need Ambien to go to sleep mm-hmm. and I, one of my meditation apps has these like, um, sleep noise yeah. things on it and that just like, I haven't had an Ambien in probably like six months. Um, and so like, there's just, there was just like a point in my life where I started taking my mental health more seriously and, and like started to understand that it's not something that is like a gimmick that you have to have to be creative or to like, like there's no reason for you to deal with that shit. Um, and there are ways to get through it. I'm not going to say it's easy and things work differently for everybody. Mm -hmm. So I can't say what works for me is going to work for you. But I've been so, I've been in such a good mental health, for for a couple years now. Like, Good. Um, Good. And and also that's not to say that like I mean like I said earlier I still get hit every now and then with debilitating depression like but for like a couple hours like mm-hmm. if it hits me I'm just gonna like go to my bed and cry and go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Like depression doesn't go away. You don't get cured of it. It's always there. So, like, 
if the right things hit in the right combination, it might hit you again. And so, like, that still happens sometimes. Not often, not as often as it used to, but I think the more you focus on your health, it's just like working out. It's just like being, like, any way you want to be healthy, you have to be conscious of it. You have to try to be. You know, you can't just, you're not just going to be healthy. You know, we all eventually get high cholesterol or high blood pressure if you're not conscious of how to not get those things. And that's how mental health is too. I've just been like very actively conscious of how to be better. Well, I, I, um, I appreciate you being honest about that and speaking on, on, um, your diagnosis and, you know, because I think people, a lot of people, there's uh, mental health is so, um, you know, people don't want to talk about it and, yeah, and you being open about it and being honest about how it affects you is, um, validating and relatable to a lot of people. No. And I, I feel, I feel like a lot of times too, like, um, you know, whatever kind of creative you are, if you're a maker, a potter, a painter, whatever, a designer, yeah. and you're trying to be successful and you're trying to be you're trying to go to the next step or whatever, be relevant, um, however you want to word it. You always think that I, I, there is no time for this depression. Like I cannot, I cannot, um, deal I'm not going to, I can't mm-hmm. deal with that. I'm not going to mm-hmm. recognize it. I got to put, push past it. So I'm mm-hmm. going to stuff it down somewhere. You know what I mean? And then you're going to blow up later yeah. probably because it's, it's cause not enough yeah. people talk about it. So it doesn't seem or like, acknowledge it, acknowledge it. So, so they probably don't think that it's, Oh, well, I guess in order to be successful, I, 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 I shouldn't be depressed. So I'm not going right. to, I'm not going to be depressed or I'm not going to pay attention to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, or the opposite where like a lot of creatives are like, Oh, my favorite artist was mentally ill and, oh, right. you know, or my favorite writer was mentally ill and abused drugs and abused alcohol. And like, none of those things are like either side of that, like pushing it down or embracing it to the fullest. <laughs> Neither of those are like the guaranteed way to like be successful. Right. Plenty of people in the middle like find their way to do it, you know? And, <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's the thing. It's like what you said, like just talk about it to somebody. And like, I just released a video today on my YouTube with one of the singers from the, the singer from the dangerous summer who's mentioned in my book a lot. Um, I got to sit down with him for, three hours and talk about how he felt about how I, how I interpreted his music in my book, but also the themes of the book. And so the video I just dropped today is of chapter three, which is the first chapter I use one of his songs in. And it's the, it's like a suicide note chapter. Right. And the song that I use of his references him being suicidal, but we're both still here. Mm-hmm. And what we like, the realization of and when we're talking is like just talk to people about it like he is literally one of my heroes like his, his music has kept me alive right. and I'm sitting down with him and talking to him about my most vulnerable thing and he's talking to me about his and I'm a stranger to him you know yeah. but we're talking about it because we know the value of talking about it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there's absolutely no reason not people should and that's the thing it's like everybody deals with these kinds of thoughts to some extent of self-doubt of 
you know, maybe not suicidal and maybe not depression, maybe not that bad, but still like we all have things like we can all get it. Like there's no reason to be ashamed to talk to your best friend or to talk to even a stranger right? about it. Like mm-hmm. sometimes that's easier for people. Um, but yeah, that's just it. Like just, in, man, I've been so relieved since this book came out because of that. Like just getting it all out there. And I'm like, for the longest time, it was something I carried and I was scared of, of like people knowing that I dealt with this. And now it's just all out there. And I'm like, man, that's so relieving to have it out there. Yeah. No, I I can imagine, man. I can imagine. Um, That's one of the things that I thought about afterwards, especially, but but now hearing you tell us a little while ago how much better you're doing and that, and how you, how you view that now, like that, that, that that was like, not you, you're not that anymore. I was going to say that it kind of seemed like uh, it might be very therapeutic. So I'm glad you said that, but very cool, man. I feel like even if you didn't release it, like in, you would have regretted not releasing it and you would have released it like in Oh, definitely. Ten, ten, I've been ten. regretting it for years, just yeah. not, not doing it. And especially now that like, I mean, it's doing well and people message me all the time about how much they appreciate it. And, but then you also, then I also think just like, okay, cool. Maybe that wouldn't have happened three years ago. Like, so I, I don't like beat myself up about it, but I, yeah, that whole time I was like, man, I just gotta put this book out, but I needed some things to align and, and I think, I think whatever, it's fine. Well, it did align, and we're really happy that you did put it out. But actually, I'm really happy you came on this podcast with yeah, us. Yeah, thank you so much, Mike. Me too. Thank you guys for having me. This is great. Like, I, I'm so glad we got to do this. Absolutely. I've never met you before. Uh, <laughs> I know, yeah. We no, no. <laughs> but we, but know we love New York City. We, l- we love Here's New York. Our next time you're up here, then. Yes. Um, no, that's like I was telling somebody earlier that like I like never feel like man I miss home I want to go home never feel that way because like I'm not and it's because I'm not like super close to my family like when I go home I see my brother for like two hours and then I just go hang out with all my friends yeah right. um, but like now because I can't go back home I'm like man I want to go home yeah yeah me home. too mm-hmm. um, especially since I learned how to make the best enchiladas I've ever had in my life <laughs> yes uh, now I don't really need to go back to prison. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I can eat Jalisco like three meals a day oh my when gosh. I'm back there yeah it's like they just you just don't find good Mex. I mean, and everyone says like, no, that's Tex-Mex. I'm like, look, there's more Mexico below Texas than anywhere else, so that's Mexican food, <laughs> right? It's not Tex-Mex. <laughs> don't come from California and tell me you have Mexican food. Like, man, that's I, funny. I, that's my Corona. That's my banana bread. Like everyone's learning how to make banana bread. I learned how to make enchiladas. Yeah, the best enchiladas I've ever had in my life. <laughs> Boom! And now he sells them on the weekends. Yes, <laughs> on the street corner. Yeah, I would, that's another thing, dude. I got tamales on my list. Yes, do them. Learn how to make tamales because nobody's making tamales in New York, dude. I'm gonna be the tamale king of New York. <laughs> you should be, man. That'd be awesome. You should do that. Dude, you, dude, you know what? I make the best breakfast tacos too, uh-huh. and like I'm, the thought's always in my mind to just get a food truck and just. Although it's really hard to get a food truck in New York. There's like, I hear there's like years waiting list. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Make a, 
just get a little shop on the corner and just make boiled up little rolled up bacon, egg, and cheese or whatever. Like <laughs> taquitos, dude, taquitos to go. Tacos. Yeah, I believe I it. That's man. how I got my wife actually. Like <laughs> that's how so Gerald got me. Night, one night, yeah. and I made breakfast tacos the next morning. Sold. Done <laughs> mm-hmm. deal. Well, cool, man. Well, next yeah. time, next time, either we're over there or you're here, we definitely have. New to York's my favorite city, so we have to go back. Yeah, for sure. Very cool, Mike. Dude, thank you so much for being on this podcast with us for for um, just em- embracing all of that. You know, you could share your on vulnerability this. Really and being yeah. open. Yeah, and I'm we so appreciate glad it. we get to do this. Absolutely, yeah. man. So, what was that? What you say? Thanks for having me. Oh, oh absolutely. I thought, sure. he, I thought he said, I'm so proud of me. And I was like, <laughs> We were like, yes, well, yeah, yeah, you should yeah. be. <laughs> not, not there yet. <laughs> well, cool, man. Well, Mike, stay on the line, but we're going to say goodbye to our listeners. And uh, we appreciate you being on, man. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone. We hung up with Mike. We just hung up. Uh, just so we were you guys about know. Hamilton. Yes, for like five more minutes, Elena and Mike were talking about Fucking Hamilton. Fucking love Hamilton. <laughs> But it was cool. You know what? What I what I love about this this podcast of ours is what we can do, we can do whatever we want with it, mm-hmm. and it opens up doors. And this was another door. And I feel like it. You know, what he was sharing was very important. Right. It's important for any one of you listening to have connected to any of that at all. Yeah. Obviously, you know, he wrote a book. That's a big deal, and I'm sure some of you listening would love Aspire to write a book. to right. Just write it. Yes. Figure it out. As far as going into the technical parts of, well, where do you go to get it printed and all like that, you can Google and you can figure all that stuff out. That's not what this was about. This was about the journey of it, um, what it meant to, and then what it is now. And, he, and where he is now. We didn't even mention that it's, it's uh, on multiple number one bestseller lists right now, which yeah. is great. So huge thanks to Mike for being on that. And Thank we hope you, you guys got some value out of that. We certainly did. And it was a blast talking to him, even though we've never met him. But he is from our homes, our hometown, my hometown, and yeah. uh, where Elena currently lives now. Yes, thank for you. For the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. So anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. We love you all very much. And Stay uh, safe. Hasta la próxima. Bye, everyone. <laughs>